0: You are listening to the Survived to Thrive podcast with Amy Miller, a podcast for survivors of suicide loss. In this weekly podcast, you will learn more about your unique experiences and gain insights on your brain and how it processes grief and loss due to a loved one's suicide. While suicide grief comes in all shapes and sizes, Amy shows you that you still can have a life full of joy and fulfillment even though your loved one died. You don't have to just survive anymore. You can thrive. You are listening to the Survive to
1: Thrive podcast with Amy Miller, episode 21, When Things Get Really Tough. Hi there. How are you guys this week? Okay, so I want to talk about this topic, about when things get really tough. Okay, so... I've been thinking about this a lot because I lost my sister due to suicide back in 2017 and I have other siblings as well and one of my sisters in particular just had a baby four days ago And this baby has a very rare condition where she is going to require some major surgery along with a NICU stay of a minimum of four to six months. And it brings up this idea that a lot of times when we go through a really tough experience as losing someone to suicide, we're going to have to go through additional things, right? And I feel like a lot of us feel like when we experience something like the loss of a loved one due to suicide, that that is the lowest of the low. But I think what we don't prepare ourselves for is just the normalcy of things we're going to experience in our lives trials, if you will, and experiences that are going to be challenging in our lives. We don't really prepare ourselves for them like we might should. Okay. And so I thought I would talk about this topic some because it's really been on my mind and I feel like it's important to discuss among survivors about when we go through things that are particularly challenging after loss and, What I want to say, first of all, is that this issue that comes up for survivors is very, very common that every survivor is going to experience tough times. Okay. Not tough times directly related to the loss of suicide in itself, but other issues that are going to arise either because of that loss or because of other circumstances. Okay. So I feel like it's really important to talk about. So back in February, I ran a full marathon. It was my first full marathon I've run since six years ago. I had a baby recently and it required surgery and a lot of uh, additional complications after having my son. And I just had this innate desire that I wanted to accomplish this goal of running this marathon because it was something that I was able to do before I had run three previous full marathons and over a half a dozen half marathons. And so I really wanted to accomplish this goal of running this marathon again after having my son and my son right now 20 months old, a little over 20 months old. And so at the time when I ran this race, he was already past that 19 month age. And I just thought, you know, I just really want to do this. So I did some training and I worked really hard and I knew going into this race that it wasn't going to be my best. Okay. I knew that going into it, that it was a comeback race, if you will, that it was something that I wanted to do, but my goal in mind really was just to finish the race. Okay. And so I went through the training and the training was rigorous and it was challenging at times. And on race day, it seemed as though I was doing pretty good. I was running and I was kind of eyeing out of the corner of my eye this pacer. So a lot of times in races for those of you that don't run them, there's pacers that will hold up signs with a particular pace in mind that you can follow along with that will help to keep you on track, okay, if you have a particular time goal. So I had this one in the corner of my eye that I was kind of watching as I was running and I was keeping up and there were points in the race where I would pass the pacer and then I would slow down a little bit and the pacer would catch up to me. But for the most part, I was following this pacer. So I was feeling pretty good about my progress in the race. And, you know, i completed mile five and then mile 10 and then mile 15. And I still was keeping it pretty on track with this, this pacer. And then I hit mile 20 and there was something about that mile where it felt super super challenging like i was hitting a wall like i couldn't really i was moving my legs but mentally i was feeling like i was done okay i was feeling like this was really challenging i just want to be done with this race and as i was pushing myself through and i was getting close to the mile 21 mark one of my really good friends who trained with me, who was not running this race with me showed up and her being there gave me this little extra nudge, this little bit of motivation that I needed at that time to keep going. And so she joined up with me and ran and was conversing with me and talking to me and giving me some motivation and carrying on conversations. And as she was doing this, it brought to my mind how important people are in our lives when we are going through these tough times, right? And how they can really change our perspective and help motivate us to keep going, to push through when things are are really, really tough. And I really appreciated her in that moment. But as we continued to progress, her being there wasn't quite enough anymore. Like I felt as I hit mile 22, that it was becoming even more challenging, even with a friend cheering me on and being there with me and going through it with me. And as I was going around a corner I saw another friend of mine who wasn't there to run it with me like this first friend of mine, but was holding up a sign and was really just cheering me on with her daughter and saying, you can do it and was really cheering me on. And it gave me a little boost. So I kept going, kept running. And of course, as I kept getting a mile further, I'd hit that wall again. And I could just feel me mentally just be done. And it became more challenging for my legs to keep going. And I remember thinking lots of thoughts like, I can't do this. This is so hard. This is so challenging. What was I thinking? And I was going through this like cycle of thoughts about how this was so challenging, how I wanted to quit, how I felt done and all of these things. Right. And as I was going through these thoughts and things, I really kept thinking to myself and saying out loud and especially to my friend who was running with me that I just got to finish it. I just got to get to the end. I got to complete this. I got to see it through. So I would say those things and I was going through this internal battle of mentally wanting to quit, but vocally saying that I'm going to finish. Right. And it was probably the most rigorous, most challenging mental gymnastics I've had in my head in a long time. And I was going through this each mile, each half mile, each quarter mile. And it was just like having this desire to complete it, even though I felt like I was running in mud, right? I was running through really tough conditions because my brain wasn't on board and my legs felt weaker and weaker and weaker. But as I kept progressing, as I kept going, as I kept telling myself and vocally saying, you're going to finish, you're going to finish, you're going to finish and kept my eye on the prize and kept my eye on the finish, I was able to cross that finish line. And my husband, he was there at the end Right before I was about to cross, just cheering me on and tell me, you can finish, you can do this, you got this. And the amount of endorphins that kicked in as I was so close to the finish line, I just sprinted as everything I had to get to the very end and to cross that finish line. And I've been thinking a lot about that experience since I've experienced that and how it relates to life, right? How we're going to go through things, how at times it's going to feel like we're keeping up and we're doing great. And then we're going to sometimes hit these walls, right? We're going to hit these points where it's going to feel so challenging to get through it. And we're going to be playing lots of Mental gymnastics, right? We're going to be thinking a lot about how we want to quit, how we don't want to do it anymore, how this is tough, right? But yet we're also going to be telling ourselves we can do it. We can get through it. and We are going to do this and we are going to get through it. And so I want to discuss this a little bit more in depth with you today. Okay, so I want to talk about how it relates when we experience really Tuck things after we lose someone we love to suicide, right? I think most of us would attest to the fact that we all seem to experience challenges and tough experiences after the loss. And I'm not talking about the grief experience, right? Because we all know, and all of us have experienced it, I imagine, that are listening to this podcast today, or at least know someone who's experienced a loss of a loved one due to suicide is going to feel like they're going to experience a lot of challenges and so today I want to talk about the three most common okay cases or issues that come up with people that have lost a loved one to suicide okay the first one is relationship struggles with family okay Many survivors will have had previous situations or circumstances that they're sorting through prior to the loss of their loved one due to suicide. And so, a lot of times, these relationship issues have been going on for quite some time prior to that loss. And when you lose someone that you care about and love, these emotions kind of surface themselves and can create this depth of this issue with whoever it is in your family. So I find it very common that many survivors who have gone through the experience will have extreme issues with either their spouses or their children or with other siblings or with their parents or with, grandparents or uncles or aunts or whatever it is, cousins, okay? But a lot of times I find this the most complex when we're dealing with and talking about the immediate family, right? So parents, children, spouses, brothers, and sisters. And I find there to be four main causes of this, in particular with the the main family union. And I want to discuss those today. The first one is expectations. So many of us have these expectations on how a parent should be or how our children should behave, right? Or w- how our siblings are dealing with this loss, right? Or maybe it has to do with the way that we ourselves should be behaving, right? So I find that this expectation thing comes up quite a bit that we have expectations and family members have expectations of us. Okay. Another thing that comes up a lot in these family relationships is unresolved past grievances, right? There might be something that happened in the past with this family member, something that went unresolved. And when you are dealing with grief and or past grief, A lot of times these past grievances will surface themselves and there will be an urge inside of you to either confront it or really feel a lot of resentment, right? And so this is another common thing that I see come up. Another one that comes up quite a bit is simple miscommunication. I know miscommunication kind of comes up a lot with any type of relationship issue, right? But I think a lot of times when we're going through grief, sometimes our communication from ourselves isn't coming out the best. And also it's not coming up up, out the best with parents or other siblings or, you know, our spouses. Okay. And this is pretty common because when our Emotions are at a heightened level. A lot of times, our communication skills seem to lack. Now, and the other one, then the last one I want to talk about is heightened emotions due to grief, right? I think all of our emotions kind of get heightened when we're going through the process of grief emotions of anger, emotions of sadness, emotions of anxiety and anxiousness, right? All of these things tend to be at a heightened level. So when they're heightened and we're having relationships with people, sometimes our expressions of our emotions are can be a little harsh, can be a little bit strong, and can also create additional challenges in our family relationships. So that's the first one. The second one is finances. Many of you, I can imagine are placed under a financial burden due to the loss, right? I think there's so many survivors out there that don't really talk about this because they don't want to be so focused on the financial aspect of dealing with loss, but it is a big issue, okay? It's something that comes up quite a bit for those who have lost a loved one to suicide. Maybe the one that died put you in a financial a poor financial position. Okay. Maybe you are suffering some depression and are struggling to go to work, right? Maybe some of you haven't been doing a great job at your work. So you get laid off or, or maybe you even get to a point where you quit that can cause a financial burden. Um, and also too, having the funeral expenses can also add to a financial burden, right? So this actually comes up quite a bit as a struggle and an issue and a challenge that comes up for a lot of survivors of loss. Okay. The third one I want to talk about, and the last one I really want to discuss today, we are going to go through things in life that are going to additional challenges, okay? Like my sister, for example, and she's going through this experience where her baby is undergoing a serious surgery, okay? And there's a lot of challenges that come up with that, right? Maybe you're going to lose another loved one, right? Maybe, I know for me personally, after my sister passed away, I lost an aunt and both my grandpas, all within a year, okay? That seem to compound the grief that I was experiencing due to the loss of my sister. Maybe you're going through a divorce or a separation, or maybe you're changing careers, or maybe you've been laid off, or maybe a family member that you care about is really struggling and you're worried about them, right? Or maybe you're relocating somewhere and just having, changing a new, you know, location, but whatever it is, additional challenges will most likely occur. And so this can also really show up for survivors, right? And add to the challenges and the struggles that come up and make things feel tougher. Okay. So these are the, some of the most common ones I see, but there are thousands upon thousands of types of challenges, right? That can make things tough, right? You probably all have your very unique ones that you're experiencing right now or ones that you have experienced in the past, right? But there's all kinds of challenges that could possibly be an outcome, right? So I want to talk about what you can do about this, okay? First off, I just want to say relax, okay? Nothing has gone wrong. It might feel like everything has, okay? And I know when coaching you or listening to you talk about it, that you feel like your whole world has turned upside down, that you feel like, you know, things have gone terribly, terribly wrong. But the truth is, everything has gone how it's supposed to do. Everything has happened in the place that it was supposed to, okay? When you lost your loved one, when they passed away, And all of these emotions come to the surface and all of these relationship challenges come up, financial troubles come up, all of these things, all of those things are actual normal consequences. Okay. Those are all natural common things that occur from just being a human being, right? And experiencing life and going through a challenge. So I think Getting out of our head, right, that things have gone terribly wrong is so beneficial because once you have removed the idea that everything has gone wrong, it actually makes things feel a little bit less burdensome. Okay. It makes everything feel a little bit lighter. Okay. The second thing I think is really important and something very powerful that you can do is to really, truly understand the 50 50 in life. Okay. 50% of things that are going to happen in our lives are going to be challenging. They're going to be tragic. They're going to be sad. They're going to be disheartening. They're going to be disappointing, right? They're going to be painful. They're going to be all of the things that we think that we don't want. Okay. But the truth is that 50% of things in life are going to be great. 50% of our experiences in our life are going to be exciting and joyful and fulfilling and beautiful and peaceful and all of the things that we really do want. Okay. So I think it's very powerful to understand that we have that part too. It's really funny to me how, and I believe that, you know, we're conditioned to believe this way, but so many of us focus on the negative, right? Like the news, for example, focuses on the negative. It's the way that they drive their business is by focusing on the negative by using scarcity and scare tactics and, and tragedy in the world to bring listeners. Right. And so we tend to forget that amongst all of those tragic and horrible news stories that so many beautiful and great, amazing, incredible things, heroic acts, people that are doing such good things in the world, little kindnesses that happen, right? In the grocery store where somebody drops their wallet and somebody picks it up, you know, a small child holds the door open for an elderly woman as she's trying to get, go into the store. Okay. All of these things are happening all around us, but we don't hear about them as much, right? Right. And we have a tendency to focus on the negative, but understanding that 50% of the things are hard, but 50% of the things that we go through are amazing and incredible and easy. And I think that's super important to remember. Okay. Now, the last thing I want to say that will really help when you're experiencing challenges and tragedy is to really get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Okay? We've discussed this before in some of my podcasts, but it's super powerful. I think feeling comfortable with being uncomfortable doesn't mean you necessarily like being uncomfortable. It just means that when you're experiencing the discomfort, you're understanding this is absolutely normal. And it's okay to feel uncomfortable because so many of us like to resist things that are uncomfortable and things that feel that bring up discomfort for us. But having the idea of being comfortable with being uncomfortable helps prevent us from resisting it and accepting it more. And I'm telling you that the consequence of that is actually feeling better about it and it's not going to be as hard to go through. Okay. All right. Well, I think that's it, my friends for today. I hope this is useful for you and Hey, listen, I know so many of you are going through so many tough challenges. I hear it from those of you that I coach. I hear it from other survivors. I hear it. Okay. And I hear it loud and clear but I want to tell you, guess what? You've got this. Okay. You can do this. You can get through this. You're amazing. And you're, you've got everything you need to get through it. All right, friends, that's it. I hope you have a wonderful week until next week.
0: Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Survived to Thrive podcast. If you like this podcast, please share with your friends and write a review on iTunes. Also, check out survived 2 thrive.com for more information and to subscribe to get the podcast's latest episode, along with useful tips you can begin to use immediately to feel better, directly sent to your inbox.